It is Tuesday, February 20th. This episode is supposed to go out today. I am sitting down, recording right now. It is 8.13. I have only had two sips of coffee yet, but we are in it. I got so much to share with you. I went on my writer's retreat last week and I discovered a lot. I am Alana and this is Racing Home, the podcast where I unpack the journey of writing the first book in a series about the end of the world. Welcome. First of all, I think I'm going to have to change that intro because I made a discovery or a decision, whatever you want to call it, well away on this retreat. I will get into that a little bit later. So last week, Monday to Wednesday, I was hunkered down, tucked in at the Modern Schoolhouse, which is an Airbnb location. It's kind of right in the middle of Cargill and Pinkerton. So if you know small town Ontario, like if you're localish to me, you might know where that is. I had never been there. It's not really too far away from me, but it's this beautiful old schoolhouse that's been really modernized. It's beautiful and bright. The fixtures are gorgeous. Everything was just done with real care, and it's a beautiful location for any kind of artistic retreat. So I would highly recommend it. I will put links in the show notes if you want to check it out. Seriously, highly recommend it. Everything is perfect. It was great. So during my time there, there were three other women there as well, writers. They are from an established writers group called Ascribe Writers that I think they've been together, writing together, helping each other through their process for years now. And um, I've kind of loosely become connected or acquainted with them through Blank Spaces magazine. One of them, I believe, has won a contest, maybe won a couple contests or placed in a couple. So um, we had a little connection and then a couple of them have attended my 12 hour intensive um, at various times throughout the years. So we got to know each other a little bit. So I was really honored to be invited to join them. <clears throat> See, I meant it when I said I haven't had my coffee yet. Can you tell this is my morning morning voice? Hello, just excuse me. Oh, I put chocolate milk in my coffee this morning and it's yummy. Sidebar. I am not a gregarious, charismatic person. In a comfortable situation with people I know really well and that I feel safe with and that I trust, yes, I can be loud and boisterous and I burst into song and I have lots to contribute. But when I am the the new person in a group, I tend to hold back. I am quiet, not necessarily uncomfortable, but not not so free to just pour all my thoughts out on the table. So it did take me a little while to get acclimated to the people, to the situation, to understand where I was going to work best within the space. And it, they're all lovely, lovely people and very inviting and welcomed me into conversation. And that was all great. And I feel like by the end, we were into a real beautiful rhythm. But it did take me a little while to get there. And I, my approach to the craft and the art of writing was very different from theirs. So 
I found that a little bit uncomfortable, not in a, in an ugly way in any sense, but just like I didn't quite fit in. Like I was the, the nerd trying to fit in with the, the jocks, except that does, that analogy just did not work. So I was like the arty nerd trying to fit in with the English majors So let me unpack that a little bit. I don't want to give the impression that I'm speaking against anyone's process. However, watching these women was so fascinating because they're very invested in the education of writing, which is beautiful. And throughout our time, they were pulling off or announcing like, okay, I have a, I have my critique group or I have my session with so-and-so or, oh, I'm going to sit down to listen to this agent talk. That That's wonderful and I want to applaud any kind of education and I know I myself, I, I love learning. What I invest my educational time in is business. I attend a lot of webinars and lectures and I read a lot of business books just how to how to build and sustain a healthy business. So that that is where I invest my education. And these women are putting it into writing, which saying it out loud, of course, I understand that. I approach writing more from the perspective of an artist. Not to say that they are not artists because I have read some of their writing and it's beautiful. So it's beautiful and intelligent and it's going to get them somewhere. But I I hate rules when it comes to writing. And that's just my personal opinion. So I got caught up in trying to fit myself into their box and that slowed me down. So immediately I was asked to identify the genre of what I'm writing and which category of Save the Cat it fits into. If you don't know about Save the Cat, it is a method of writing. It lays out this idea, which makes sense, that there are specific beats throughout a story and where those specific beats should fall. Wonderful. That makes sense. Stories do have beats. There is a proven formula for a movie. Like how are you going to pull in your audience, hook them, get them invested? It all makes sense. So as someone who had no experience with Save the Cat, uh, one of the women gave me her Save the Cat book for me to look through. And she's like, find out what are you writing? And I want you to report back to me. So I did say take some time. And I read through portions of the book. I read through the beat sheet and I looked at all the theme breakdowns to try and identify what I was writing. And I felt really shrunken down in that process. I think it was good for me to sit in it for a little bit, but I am rejecting it. Not that I think that it's wrong, but I think that it puts up roadblocks around me because I don't want to overthink. I want the story to lead me. I think people who are really structure bound in their art, it would be a fantastic tool because it gives you actual goals and measures to place 
the beats of your story. And I think that that's probably really, really effective for probably for specific genres for for something like maybe a mystery or a thriller, like understanding where those beats come. Even a, a typical YA novel, it's, it's probably just invaluable information. I can't be put in a box. I, I don't fit. I don't belong there. I don't like it. So as much as I appreciate the sharing of this education, as I said, I reject it. And it took me a bit to get past that. But I'm just going to let the cat die. And if it's a tool that works for you, that's amazing. Keep leaning in. Let it do its job if it's for you. I think my whole goal in my writing is to push people to think. I want them to think differently. I want them to think deeper. I want to strike emotion. So I think that's one of the reasons that I'm drawn to literary fiction it's one of the reasons that often that's how my writing presents itself is very introspective and deep. And I cover a lot of really big issues, not necessarily to give answers, but to spur conversation. And I like that. And that's where, that's where I'm comfortable. That's where I land. And if, when, when I finish this series, if the feedback is, there aren't enough beats or there aren't like this is so it doesn't follow the proper structure of fiction. However, it made me question this one thing, this big issue. It made me think deeply about this or if it made you laugh, if it made you cry, if it made you frightened, if it made you rethink the value you place on your family, then I think, my work has been done. So that was a long way to say it took me a while to settle into this retreat because there was this weird bubbling pressure to be the kind of writer that they were. Now, I don't I don't think they were putting that pressure on me. I think I projected it onto myself by watching what they were doing. So that is on me. It's fine. I worked through it. In conversation with these women, like we would, we worked very quietly, independently, but came together for meals. So we shared the kitchen duties. So someone was always on for lunch or dinner. So we'd come together, we'd talk about what we're working on, our struggles. So one of the things I've been having a hard time with is the fact that this is a series, an intentional series. And to go back to Beats, which is funny, I know what major beat each book has to hit. And what I think has to happen is that I write them all before I release one. And that makes me angry because I had a plan. And in turn, that makes me angry because I don't want a plan. <laughs> oh, dear. So when you write a series, you need to ensure that the final book speaks to the first book in that like you're wrapping things up that you teased in the first. You need to know every little element of characters that are carrying through the series. So there's so many seeds that have to plant at the beginning that maybe I don't know yet because I haven't written the end. The idea of it dragging on for so long hurts my feelings. But again, 
this is something that I worked through during this retreat time. I, I sound like I'm complaining, but I really value all the discoveries I made during this time. Here's, here's the plan. I am going to draft the whole entire series before I go back to really polish book one. So my, my deep hope and expectation had been to release book one, January of 2025. Now, who knows? Maybe I still can do that, but I'm not going to hold that so tightly. I'm going to focus on just telling this really great story and, and we'll see what happens. If I can still commit to those morning writing sessions, if I can still take some writing retreats and real focused writing time throughout the year, I'm, I might be able to do it. So yeah, send your good thoughts my way. Let me give you an update of where I'm at. I forget what my last update of word count was. I feel like it was somewhere around 73,000, 74,000. As you know, my goal had been to hit 70,000 by the end of December, 2023. And then from there, I was going to work on polishing. So now what I have done is I've increased my base word count goal to encompass all three books draft. I've only put it at 150,000 to kind of encapsulate the story. And then of course that will be fleshed out as I get into the editing stage. What I hope I'm going to say it here because it helped me last time is that by June 30th, I've reached 150,000 and I'm so annoyed. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. But I think that this is the right way to serve the story. So after the retreat, after deep reflection and figuring out that this is the right move forward, my word count is sitting at 81,358. So we got a ways to go before June 30th. If I wrote every day, I need to write 523 words a day to reach that goal. So wish me well. I don't know if I have more I need to share with you about that retreat. Except I highly recommend any way that you can take time away from your normal life to focus on your art, on the thing that matters to you is so, so valuable. And even though I experienced some discomfort and I was sharing this space with strangers, I do feel like I left with friends. And I think that the reflection I was that was forced on me in that time was so good for my own growth as a writer, my own acceptance of who I am, who is Alana the writer. So in all, I think that that was really powerful and important and you should do it too. You're not supposed to surround yourself with people like you. You're supposed to find people who are different from you so that they challenge you and push you and cause you to understand why you are the way you are. And I think that that's great. Two things that were interesting realizations when I got home, one of the first things that my son asked me was, when's the last time you sang? So I have told my children multiple times that one of the things I want to be known for 
that I want to be celebrated at my funeral is how I randomly will burst into song. I sing a lot to the point of probably annoyance to anyone who's in my inner circle, who's really close to me, like my family specifically. So that was interesting because I did not sing at this retreat. And as soon as I walked into my own home, I'm singing. So that's interesting. I also recognized that I had three days of not being touched by another human And I don't think of myself as a physically affectionate person. But again, in my own home, I am very touchy with my children. There's a lot of hugs and cuddles and snuggles. And so that was an interesting realization, too, that I I missed that and appreciated it when I got home. Now, I chose not to open this podcast with an excerpt like I have done For all the others, this is episode 15 of Racing Home. So you have, if you've been with me this whole time, you've already heard 14 excerpts from my manuscript. And I don't know if that adds any value for you. I did wonder if someone stumbling on this podcast brand new, hearing the opening line that's an excerpt, if if it's too... If it pulls them out too much, if they don't understand what they're listening to. So I would love some feedback on that. Do you want to hear the excerpts? Should there be an excerpt just at the end? Do you appreciate how I would open them with an excerpt? And if this this is your first time tuning into Racing Home, go back and listen to an old one and let me know if you like the excerpt. On one hand, it gives me something more to share Though apparently today I have a lot to say, so it's not like I'm not filling the time. But on the other hand, am I giving away too much? Are you bored by it without the context of the book? I don't know. So I would love that feedback. So instead of my own work, I'm going to share a quote from Where Eagles Never Fly, which is the latest book coming out from Chicken House Press. It is releasing this Sunday, February 25th at Fishtails and Story Trails in Walkerton, Ontario from 3 to 5. And if you're local, it would mean so much for me if you popped over there, grabbed a copy of this book, and supported this author, Brian C. Austin. And because you guys are in my inner circle, I'm going to tell you, this is my father. Yes, I am publishing my father's book. And that in itself has been a weird journey. But he he has been working on this for 46 years. We're finally seeing it come to fruition. This is the first book in a three-book series that we'll be releasing throughout the rest of the year. It is Christian fiction. It is slightly sci-fi. If you like wilderness adventures, like something by Farley Mowat or Jules Verne, classic like that. Or, you know, the movie The Edge with the bear. If you like that kind of stuff, I think you would like this story. So I'm just going to read this little quote because I think it's, I think it's appropriate to what, to what we've just been talking about. So this is from Where Eagles Never Fly. I will link to the book in the show notes as well. We try to convince ourselves we're creative, but you look at our heroes and villains and it's like we're walking through a hall of mirrors at some fair. We don't go to psychiatrists because we're always spilling our guts on paper. Our villains have all our faults, 
plus the ones we'd have if we dared. Our heroes have all our strengths, plus the ones we'd have if we had the guts. Good and bad, they are a picture of us. Bigger than life, more exciting than life. Chin up, right eyes. We'll talk again next week. Racing Home. Racing Home is a Chicken House Press production. Theme music by Alex Grohl and Alana Rusnak. If you would like to support my writing journey with a small financial donation, you may do so by visiting bio.site slash Alana Rusnak. That link is available in the show notes. You can make a donation of any size of your choosing and it will go towards funding the production of this book. Writing takes a lot of time, a lot of energy. It requires a lot of coffee and chocolate. So if you want to help out, that's one way you can do it. Donations over $50 will be automatically signed up to receive a signed copy of When the Trees All Burn at least one week before official launch.